Good evening, good evening, good evening, Baltimore and the surrounding areas. Welcome to Man in the Mirror with your hosts, Kai and Nichelle. This evening is a special evening for Nichelle and I because we again have the great pleasure of interviewing the one and only Erica J. Stanley. Welcome to the show, um, Dr. Erica Stanley. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Kai. Excellent, excellent. And this lady is from Diana Eaton's documentary, The Heart of a Servant. Yes, you heard it. We have her Boston-born and Baltimore-bound here in our studio. And let me back up because I got in trouble last week because I just threw it in there. Welcome back, Michelle. How you doing today? Oh, that's, that's so lovely. You remembered me today, Kai. <laughs> there was so much going on last week's Hi. show, so I said, let's back up. You were up. really excited last week. You were excited, but that that's good. Hi, All and, right. and hello to our lovely guests. Thank you. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Last... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kai. Go on. Last week we had Diana, and this week we have the subject of her documentary herself. But before we get started, if you have any questions or comments, please press the number one on your phone, and you'll be put in our queue. And before we get started, um, I will open up in prayer, and then we'll dig into what's going on this week with Man in the Mirror. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we just bow down as humble servants. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this woman of God, this great woman of God who chose to come on and took the time to come talk to us on Man in the Mirror, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the light that she has been, the true light that she has been in the community, the light she has been in Boston, the light she's been in Philadelphia, the light that she's been here. Lord, continue to bless her, bless her son, bless her family in a mighty way, Lord. Bless her ministry, bless her flock, Lord, and just continue to give her, give her the strength that she needs to continue the path that you've given her. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And a little bit about Miss um, Erica. Erica J. Stanley, born in Boston, Massachusetts, is the oldest of three siblings. She is the mother of one son, Jamari Stanley Jones, and one spiritual daughter, Kiev, and spiritual granddaughter, Kelasia K.K. Williams. In 2005, Elder Stanley received her degree in biblical studies from Bethel Seminary School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Since December 2005, Ms. Stanley has been the coordinator of the S plus C Department of Project Place Incorporated, which provides permanent housing and support to over 100 families, each headed by a disabled, formerly homeless individual in Baltimore City. And with that, we are going to move forward. And again, I, I'm so proud and just excited to have you on, um, Pastor Stanley, because you have you was on basically about a month and a half, almost two months ago, with Miss um, Daphne. Now you are back again. It's about your third or fourth time here, but we're excited to have you in our house tonight. Now. Well, the first question I have for you, because I know you've been busy, we've all been busy today. Please tell us about Erica. Who is Erica J. Stanley? Wow. Um, well, Erica J. Stanley is the oldest sibling of uh, two sisters. 
uh, Lakiva and Tanya. I have one son, Jamari uh, Craig Jones, and a nephew, Messiah. I ha- have the privilege to um, have two dads. <laughs> so, and um, I was born and raised in Massachusetts. I love it. And um, I love water. I love walnut ice cream, <laughs> vanilla ice cream, strawberry ice cream. But I love to travel. Um, I love people. I love to encourage people. I love good energy. And um, I-, I love to be creative. I like to read uh, a lot of self-help books that will uh, reinvent myself to a better me. And um, Erica J. Stanley is still trying to uh, get to know Erica J. Stanley. <laughs> you know, at, at a certain age, you'll you'll get to know yourself. And then when you turn another age, you get to know yourself some more. So I'm always trying to um, better myself, better the way I treat others, but also better the way I treat myself. Excellent. And I like the idea of the self-help books because we can never stop or say we have arrived. We have, we can't say that we've already arrived and we are already good because as we get older and if you leave, lived over um, three or four decades, you know, life changes. So when we get over three, four, five decades old, life changes for us. So we can always continue to better ourselves. Uh, next question. When it came, um, what came to your mind when Diana approached you to be the subject of her thesis along with two other preachers? Did you? That's the first part of that question. Um, well, what came to my mind? I asked her if she was sure, um, <laughs> because I've, I've known uh, Diana for quite some time, and um, we've always had a close, really great. A relationship as far as um, you know, just being real and being open. And um, she asked me, you know, and and really wanted me to, uh, you know, be a part of the documentary. You know, at first I could look at a million reasons why I shouldn't be part of the documentary. You can look at your your failures. You can go through a whole list of things, but what about your relationship with Christ and your whole failure in life may have not been right, but your what's right is your relationship with Christ. And so for the sake of Christ, I, I said, yes, that I would do the documentary. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous to go on a uh, camera. So I really don't like it, but it was getting me out of my comfort zone. And um, I wanted to really, um, not disappoint her, but I also wanted to do it because I love Christ. And I I felt that this is what he wanted me to do. Excellent answer. I I like that. And the best part of that answer is um, you already answered it because I was going to ask you, did you ever think to say no? But, you know, what would you tell other people about the comfort zone? Because we all have a comfort zone. And when, you know, God is trying to get us out that comfort zone, some of us like to stay inside a little square, a little bubble. But what would you tell other people, other pastors um, about expanding your comfort zone? Um, I would say taking no risk is risky. 
um, because we are designed to operate by faith. If you are uh, doing anything, you have to do it by faith and taking that risk, meaning you, you don't know how it's going to pan out, but you trust and believe in God and in his word um, by faith. So I would say, you know, allow God to develop and process you because um, if we stay in the comfort zone, we don't know, you know, that one thing that God wants us to do or go and try is going to bring him glory. And um, one of the things God had said to me, he said, Erica, if you don't do this, I won't get glory. And so I I did it anyway. Uh, I, sometimes we, we, we overthink things and not want to uh, go beyond our comfort zone, afraid of what people are going to say. It's never been done before. Um, you know, people may walk away. They may think you're crazy. All kinds of labeling that will go through our mind. But the, the one label that I want in my life is obedience. You know, I want them, I want Jesus to label me that I was obedient to his word and his command and what he wanted me to do. So all of that other stuff, I had to get past the noise and what people think. Um, you know, uh, so I just had to keep my focus on God and uh, continue to be obedient. And if this is what he wants me to do, then it'll work out. And if it's not, it'll be a mistake, but it'll be an experience that I learned from. Excellent. Um, any questions or comments, Michelle? To ask um, Pastor Stanley, I guess when, when, and I may, I, hopefully I'm not getting ahead of you, Kai, and the questions that you had. <laughs> when don't you ever, but go ahead. <laughs> I guess like as you, as you were going through this process, um, I guess like where, because I I know there had to be some. I'm just gonna say that like some spiritual, some change and some growth. And you hit on it a little bit um, when you were talking about how, you know, he he had to speak to you and say he was the one that had to get the glory. But I mean, like, was there anything else when as you were going through this process, maybe within yourself or within your ministry? that you saw um, saw God working through? Um, I I would say yes. Well, one, I I really didn't want to uh, see myself on the camera because, you know, part of of that is because, you know, I have, you know, gained a lot of weight and due to some health issues, and I didn't want to see myself on the camera. And I'm like, oh, you know, those are some of the struggles with internally, that I had to deal with within myself. But the other part was I had to, I had to love me and accept me. And God called me to pastor. I never called myself. In fact, I ran from pastoring for a long time um, because I knew that there was a lot of responsibility, accountability. And anyone who knows me, I am a free a flowing person. I like to be free. I don't like a whole lot of nonsense. Um, and I like to, you know, just be free. My, you know, my nickname is what they call me as a butterfly. So I like to fly here and there. And I love to, uh, you know, just be free in my spirit. But I also knew um, that I needed to express some of the struggles that 
pastors have, especially new pastors, of being a woman pastor, being a single woman pastor, and then being a divorced person in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I wanted to uh, have a voice. You know, this was an opportunity for me to have a voice. And one of the things the Lord had spoken to me about was continue to encourage pastors. Uh, my best friends who led me to the Lord years ago, over, you know, 30 years ago, had suicide. That's one of the things I, I, I look back and said, you know, did I see the, what could I have done to help that person not end their life? And the, the weight and the trauma and the things that pastors go through um, is difficult because there's not a place that's safe where they could unrobe themselves or talk about the inner struggles that are going on when they're so strong for the congregation and they're so strong for all of the people that's around them. But sometimes there's signs that are there that are visible, but we're not looking at those visible signs that pastors may have um, because of our, you know, because of the uh, needs that others may have, you know, our congregation has all these needs, but they don't see the need of that pastor. So I wanted to um, have a seat at the table. I also wanted to be, you know, to have a voice, uh, especially for, um, you know, one of my best friends who led me to the Lord, she no longer has a voice anymore. You know, she, you know, ended her life. And so, um, you know, just looking at, um, you know, uh, the documentary and the opportunity that Diana Eaton, you know, uh, before she, you know, started filming, we had a dialogue about, you know, what, what, how she wanted the film to look, you know, what, you know, why is she shedding the light? Why did she select passes? She could have, you know, she could have selected a reality show or something, but, um, we don't want it to be that past to see pastors in a negative light. There are some great pastors out there. There are some pastors that are, that are, are compassionate about the work of Christ and will give their all for, for everything for Christ. And so, um, you know, surely we have uh, both sides. You know, you have some pastors that may have been in it for the wrong reason. However, that doesn't mean that you, uh, you know, they're no good. There's always an opportunity for redemption. You know, there's always an opportunity for redemption. So with me uh, staying focused on Christ, that helped me to go ahead and continue the the documentary because there were several um, segments that we had to film. One of the uh, segments was being in my apartment and um in <laughs> that same apartment that we filmed in, I was um homeless from that apartment twice. There was a fire in the building and then there was an oil mm-hmm. spill in the building and um, you know, just seeing those things, they, they no one would ever know that happened because guess what? I got up, got dressed and came to church and I had to preach on Sunday. <laughs> so right. there was there was, you know, no one there seeing that light or you know what, all I could think about was, okay, Lord, you spared me. I didn't die in the fire. I didn't die in the oil spill. But I have to his word on Sunday because the sheep still need to be fed. So you got to mm-hmm. continue to uh, pull your strength from God. Wow. So, I mean, when I'm listening to you, it, it really sounds like, and I think uh, even when we were 
um, interviewing Diana on the show, she made, she really made a point of discussing uh, like your past, the things you had been through, and how she felt like that really makes you um, attract some of the you know members that have come in and see people, um, you know that that you had been through some things that uh, some of us may have never gone through, but, you know, with the, like you hit on with the homelessness and she just talked about, you know, you could really relate to that person that may be in the street, that person that may be struggling because of the things that you had gone through and how God had really used you in that aspect. And so when I'm listening to you, and um, on, and in addition to what she said, it's really um, making me feel and you can let me know if that's if that's you know what you were thinking, but it's really making me feel that you know God used you to shed the light on pastors human side, the human yeah. side of pastors, and um, you know just that there are people too, and I think I think the church definitely needs to remember that the kingdom to mm-hmm. remember that because sometimes we um, put pastors up on pedestals so high that, you know, they can't do anything but fall. <laughs> right. So, right. I, yeah. So I, I feel like that's that's kind of what you're saying, that, that human side. And so um, it, I guess if you would, if it's not too much, to talk, talk a little bit about, you know, that human side that you've experienced. Um, you talked about some of the things and, and what, you're, what you know you've gone through, but he was bringing up a few things, and I just think that would be good to talk about. Yes, um, the human side. I think for me, I can't speak for a lot of people. I've always been a uh, honest person. Um, within myself, sometimes too honest around people. Sometimes people can't take all of that honesty too much. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I found myself in, in this area, you know, I'm almost 50 in January, but I found myself in this area where I had to deal with loneliness. And that was part of, uh, you know, being this pastor you know, and people will say, you know, friends of mine will say, well, you're not alone. No, there's two different places. You know, being alone and then being lonely is another whole different um, place in God. And only God could fill that place of loneliness and, you know, really deal with um, the separation because there is a separation. I think we don't, we can't or don't allow ourselves to talk about those things that pastors have need, um, we, you know, because people put us on this, in this category or, or in this, on this pedestal where uh, that we, that they make sure that we take care of their needs. You know, we are supposed to feed the sheep. Jesus supplies the need of the sheep. But the same way that Jesus uh, supplied the need for that, for the sheep, he also uh, supply the need for the pastor. And um, we don't often have the opportunity to talk about our needs because it's, it's, you know, you deal with one issue, then here comes another issue, 
and then you're so far on the back burner that um, you, you don't get a chance to uh, really deal with the inner real you. And, and sometimes it gets to the point where the pastor is almost just performing because, you know, we don't have that time to sometimes get away, regroup, do like Jesus did, go and pray somewhere, you know, go and regroup somewhere. But the human side still has a need, and the need for the human part of the pastor needs to be met. And sometimes we struggle on how to get that human side met because there is such a lot of responsibility for other people. And so for me, what I've done to uh, deal with some of the struggles that I have you know, I will take a vacation. I will go to the water. And um, oftentimes you'll see a lot of pictures. You'll see me going to the beach, you know, uh, because my needs need to be met. And I can't expect others to meet my need because others don't know what I need. And so because I, when when you spend that time with God, really uh, letting him know this is what you need, uh, he makes ways for you to get those needs met. And so I found ways to uh, enjoy Erica, enjoy the human side of me, and be okay and be content with it. Um, you know, there's times when pastors are not okay with their, their own selves. But I, I'm really enjoying uh, knowing who I am, evolving to another level in, in my life. Uh saying no to things that I don't like. You know, I'm a person that would always be a, uh, I'm, I'm a care provider, a caretaker. So I've always been, you know, there for people and didn't want, I want to make sure everybody's okay. And so I made sure everybody's okay, but I wasn't okay. And that wasn't okay because, you know, um, you, you, you are making sure everyone else needs a met and then go home and you're empty. So I had to learn to not uh, give everything away because I'm such a giver. I would give everything away. And then there's times where I needed to keep some things for myself so that I don't continue to pastor empty. Well, I was waiting for Kai to jump back in, but since he didn't. Uh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you, I wanted to see if you were finished. <laughs> no, I'm not, but yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, but I wanted to say, what, yeah, what you said is, is just really important. And, you know, that that is the thing that can lead to what you were saying, your friends, you know, what happened with your friends. And so, you know, that I think that's just really important. And, and you know, that's not, that's not even just a um, – I don't want to take the importance off of the fact that pastors need to do that. But just for our listening audience to say, I want to say it's not even just a pastor thing. It's anybody who gives a, a lot of themselves, and pastors do that. Anybody who gives a lot of themselves on a daily basis, there's definitely um, a time where you need to be doing some self-care. And that's, what that, mm. that's kind of what that comes under, what you're talking about, that self-care. Absolutely. So, yeah, 
and that's why, and, and mind you, you're also a mom. You also work. You also, you know, you also have these other things going on um, in all your awesomeness. And so, yeah, <laughs> you need a you need a break. And, like, these moms who are home, they need a break. And these people who are working 80 hours a week, they, you mm-hmm. know, there has to be some time for self-care. It has to be some right. time because if you don't, it's a breaking down of your physical, emotional, and your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to put that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that and you're right because there is a great and if I'm not if I'm correct, um, there is you know there's. The, the percentage rate of pastors who have committed suicide, pastors who have left the altar because walked away because, you know, uh, you know, what pastor said, you know, there's no time for them. They're always giving, 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 you know, they're like, you know, people think they're supposed to be super pastors, supposed to give all the time and not get anything for themselves. So, you know, pastor is doing, you know, pastor Erica is doing the right thing. She's making sure she takes care of that self-care and that is that is important you know for your mental health that is important that you take care of yourself because if we don't we may end up somewhere or doing something that we never expected for us to do and the show i thank you for all those great questions you took us right to where i i was expecting you to do um we are at near <laughs> near halfway mark and we're going to um, hear a couple words from our sponsors and supporters, and and then we'll have you know hear something special because I played it last week. I'll play it this week um, because you you I was excited when you said the word light, and that is that you know that's something special. But a note from a few a couple of our supporters: Music Instructor for All Learners Incorporated, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us, contact us at 833-643-2563 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.mefileinc.org. And Music Instruction for All Learners, Inc. is launching its new program, MeFile Arts Academy, in September. If you love the arts, photography, dance, culinary arts, and art classes all online, then go to MeFile, Inc.'s website and check out the MeFile Arts Academy. I would like to just give you guys some, we have some new information for Man in the Mirror. We are now on Spotify um and itunes so look for us on spotify and itunes you can down you can actually and speak speaker you know speaker is an app or you know you go speaker.com or download the speaker app and we're there we you know we're pushing it to different um platforms and um this what i'm about to play is um tyler perry's be a point of light for others. And I played it last week, which was good, you know, because I think Diana and Pastor were being a point of light for other people with this documentary. So again, Tyler Perry's Be a Point of Light for Others. I grew up in New Orleans. My mother worked as a daycare assistant at the Jewish Community Center. The man that I was told was my father was a carpenter and a functional alcoholic. He was abusive to my mother and I, 
Not more than a baby herself, when she married this man, she tried her best to protect me from him. But with no life skills of her own, she did what she knew how to do. Friday was payday for him, so he would come home happy. But that was short-lived. He would go out and return a few hours later drunk and angry, yelling and fighting her. As I look back over my life, there were many people that had a hand in shining light into my darkness when I was growing up. I had just started junior high school, and in order for me to get to high school, I had to walk through the drug dealers, literally step over the and the drug addicts, walk through a graveyard, then in the next block past gang members, and then go through the projects, and then come to a six-lane intersection, and it was always busy, but just beyond that was the school. Well, one day as I'm approaching this intersection, I hear this voice saying, will someone help me cross? He was in a suit. He had a cooler in a hand and a folded lawn chair in one hand and his cane in the other. Will someone help me cross, he said. People kept ignoring him, walking past him with their busy lives. We were poor, but we were busy. I don't know why poor people are so busy. <laughs> I said, I'll help you in my 13-year-old changing voice. He said, well, thank you, son. May I have your shoulder? I said, yes, sir. He said, don't trick me now. I said, no, sir, I won't. We crossed the street. I asked him where he was going. He told me that he was going to, uh, to my school to sell perline candy to the kids. So I helped him to the school, and he said thank you, and he told me that God would bless me for my kindness. He and I became friends. We took that walk every day. I came out of school one afternoon, and there he was sitting outside in that lawn chair selling praline candy, 25 cents. And I saw one of the kids try to buy candy, right? And they gave Mr. Butler a dollar, and they told him it was a $5 bill. I stepped in, and I said, Mr. Butler, this is a scam. Needless to say, I had a lot of enemies at that school. But it didn't matter. I was glad to do it. You see, Mr. Butler was one of the first men in my life to see me. And what made it all the more special is that he was blind. He was a point of light. One morning, I was late meeting him, and as I walked up to the intersection, I could see Mr. Butler standing there, not saying a word. So I tipped up behind him, and I said, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to wait to see what happens. He said, I know you're there, son. I said, yes, sir, I am. I said, I didn't hear you saying, will someone help me cross? He said, no, I was listening for you. I said, you were? He said, yes. Sometimes in life, son, when you pray and you said all you can say, all you have to do is stand and wait and listen. What a point of light he was. There are many people in this world that are wanting, waiting, saying, asking, begging, hoping. Will someone help me cross? We all have the power to be a point of light. We are back live with Man in the Mirror with Kai and Nichelle. You can call into the studio at 845-277-9384 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror. And I am truly excited again to have Pastor Stanley on board because she was that point of light. And, you know, when you see her out, she's, that person that looks at you to see you for who you are. 
So when I found that last week, um, I said I had to get this down and just use it. Because when people come into our lives, they are that point of light to point us to the direction that we need to go. And as we continue our interview, um, Pastor Stanley, what is the heart of a servant to you? What is the heart of a servant to you? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The heart of a servant to me is someone who really um, likes to serve others without payment to just do it from the heart because you have compassion for the next human being. Um, if you, you know, this part of the scripture says, you know, if you have it to give, I'm just paraphrasing, you know, don't put it off for tomorrow. If you can feed that person at that homeless person today, why will you tell them, Oh, I'll be back tomorrow when you can do it right now, right at that moment, you know, they may not make it till, tomorrow. And so for me, when I see um, the, the servant's heart, when they have compassion, <clears throat> and we look through scripture and um, New Testament, Jesus had a lot of compassion for people. And I think when we serve, we have to serve like Jesus uh, has served. And he said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And when you have that in the forefront of your uh, mind when you uh, in, in the forefront of your ministry or forefront when you're dealing with someone um, that may not smell all great or they may not be, you know, uh, delivered from their addiction, but they still need um, someone to love them. And I think when you, you know, a servant to me is someone that serves with love. If you don't have love, then it's nothing, you know, you, you're giving it, um, you know, are you doing it for selfish gain or, you know, to be recognized? But, you know, to me, I, I just do it because that's what we're supposed to do. And that's how we're supposed to love, you know, the, the humankind, the human being. Uh, you know, sometimes they don't want to listen to, you know, that Jesus saves because they're hungry or the needs haven't been met or they're worried about, you know, are they going to get an eviction notice? You know, they're not uh, thinking about Christ right now. So how do you uh, get to know that human being, um, you know, by listening, you know, having compassion for that individual and, and try to, even if you can't fix the need, um, give resources to assist. And so being a servant doesn't mean that you can fix everybody. You, there may be some resources that you can pinpoint that person to that's helping assisting need and, and really ha still having compassion for um, that individual and um, still being a servant. Sometimes we get it mixed up that, you know, you know, being a servant that we have to automatically fix everyone or fix the need. Mm -hmm. No, Jesus needs to fix need our, our the, you know being a servant is that you pray for that individual now if you have to give and to help okay then that's great but if you don't there's still avenues you can do um as a servant and certainly prayer is one of the keys that will help you help that individual amen amen i like that yeah because some people try to fix every need but instead of going to prayer and, you know, if you can't do it, 
excuse me, and then just go to prayer. You know, as you said, um, we have some people online. I would like to know if you have any questions for our pastor, just press the number one on your phone um, and you'll be put in our queue and then the show will bring you on, um, you know, to have a chance to talk to our, talk to our guests with um, Erica J. Stanley this night, the great Dr. Elder Erica J. Stanley. The next question is, with all that's going on in Baltimore and you're managing two departments at work, did you think that this would be too much work for you? For the documentary? Yes. Okay. Um, really, I I didn't know what to expect. Um, I try to keep uh, an open mind and not to put too overthink things to say, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. No, I just say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to lead me, you know, guide me through this process because this is a process I've never experienced before. And so I, you know, again, I will say I have a great team. You know, I have a core team at at the church, which is doing a, a great job. And, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, we were planning an anniversary and then I have a great team at Project Lead, uh, you know, managing two departments. But although they're separate, we still uh, come together as, as a great team. And in fact, it's almost like family. We, you know, I always manage from a family atmosphere, you know, get to develop uh, relationships among the team. Uh, in fact, when we have our team meeting, we start off with affirmations. You know, or how do we celebrate each other, although we have differences, but what is the common goal? You know, what are our goals for 2020? You know, coronavirus is here. The pandemic is here. Some of our goals needed to be altered or changed or, you know, revived. So with each other, we support one another um, and, and be able to encourage each other because the bottom line is that, you know, we're not happy-go-lucky every day, but when we talk about it as a team and uh, celebrate our strengths and work on our, our weaknesses, I think this has helped me to, uh, you know, be great at doing this documentary and really um, just having the support from great sisters in my family to say, you know what, stand in your truth. You know, um, you, you're not like every other pastor. You, you do it differently. Um, for us to have a low, uh, not a lot of members in our church, we do mighty great work because we we uh, set an atmosphere and a culture that we're going to do it in unity, all hands on deck. We, You know, we're going to do this because we love God. And so, um, I think that this has really helped me get out of my comfort zone to do this documentary and um, be able to to talk from a, a, a sincerity from my heart, you know, really to co- encourage new pastors, encourage people from all walks of life. Um, today, we had the opportunity to um, do voters registration on uh, Lake Avenue and Bel Air Road. And it, to my surprise, for us 
canvassing the neighborhood, canvassing the area, a lot of young people came to register to vote. I mean, guys who had criminal backgrounds who said, oh, I can't vote because, you know, I've been to jail or whatever the case may be. And we was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you don't even know that you have access and you have rights. So just talking to people and, um, you know, letting them know some uh, truths or some news or information that they didn't have before uh, really did my heart good just to love on people today. And um, working with Jackie Addison, you know, we're doing these uh, pop-up uh, voters registration throughout Baltimore City. In fact, next Sunday, the 29th, we're going to be doing a caravan, you know, from uh, East North Avenue to West North Avenue, telling people to go out and get registered so that they can vote. So there's this just, um, you know, um, my heart is just for our community. Um, and, and, and I love it. I love what God has called me to do. Hey, man, that is good because um, I like what you said. You know, they didn't know their rights. And, you know, with the, with the words here, people perish for that lack of knowledge. People perish. So we teach them, we preach to them, we give the word to them then they will have the information. They will definitely have the information. Um, any more questions or comments, Michelle? I'm sorry, my technology was trying to get me. But, so, yes, I did, actually. Uh, the Lord must have whispered in your ear. Um, but um, I was... I was listening, and uh, that's actually one of the things that I really, really love about Pastor Stanley. So, Pastor Stanley, you you do something that I definitely ministry do, and I think it's so amazing how you do it and how successful you are at doing it. You actively seek or 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 allow I'll put allow in that people that are outside of your ministry and organizations that are outside of your ministry to come alongside you when you have opportunities for outreach. And so because of that, uh, because you had that great heart for the community. Um, and because of what you what you allow to happen with your ministry, even though you know you you guys might not be like mighty in membership, you are able to go out and do these amazing events, things that you put together, you know, workshops and different kinds of events that you that you throw because of the the wide burst of participation that you allow is not just the members of the church. And I think that's amazing because it not only gives the members that are a part of you the opportunity to to serve and volunteer and do things um, in the community, but it gives the actual community or organizations who you know, kind of fall alongside your mission to come and also help in doing these things in the community, which is, I think, an awesome model that I don't see 
uh, a lot of other churches do necessarily. And I just wanted you to speak on that and, and you know, I guess like what, did the Lord just speak that to you that you were supposed to open that up to people like that? I mean, like I, I was just curious because I've been a part of it myself and I, I know, but I just think it's an awesome thing that you do. Um, I had experienced uh, years ago, I've always asked questions sometimes. <laughs> I got in trouble for asking questions. But, you know, um, I, you know, I, I, I would study in the Word of God and, and wondered why we can't, as uh, many churches as they are, come together for the one mission and the commission that Christ has called us to do. And um, I think that we had a mindset or a culture at one time that only the saved could, you know, go out and do this great commission to do outreach. And, um, you know, if they don't belong to my church or the church, you know, we're not going to ask the community to um, or people in the community to come and serve. Serving is serving, no matter uh, who serves. However, those people that are in the community are waiting to serve. There are great people that have skill sets. They have gifts that could be beneficial to the kingdom of God. However, I always use this model, and this is the model Christ has given me, let the wheat and the tear uh, grow together and I'll do the separating. So that, that has let me know that we got to work together. Um, you know, I, I worked today, you know, with several different organizations today, just getting the voters, uh, people to uh, register to vote. I've, uh, you know, I've learned that um, taking workshop classes and things of that nature, you know, uh, listen to great leadership, but that one ministry doesn't have it all. And you have to look at your resources more than money and, uh, you know, uh, what, you, what, what are your resources that are in your community that you can use to help get the work done, to help to fulfill the mission? I've always looked at it this way. This is not my church. This is Jesus Christ's church. And whosoever will, let them come. Now, that doesn't mean when they come, they're perfect. They may just need to be with the wheat for a little while so that that tear can now become wheat. But how do they know about Christ if we're separating ourselves for those that are tears? We have to be human you know, uh, have a human compassion for those who have not arrived, who's those who don't know Christ. Yes, they're going to be around you and still cuss. Yes, they're going to be around you and still say something. But, you know, uh, they really want somebody to hold them accountable, too, in a loving way. And, and so we've always had this model, all hands on deck. No matter what ministry you come from, you could go to uh, First Baptist Church down the street. But guess what? They may not be doing outreach. We're doing outreach. Can I be a part? Although I go to another church, yes, because it's about the kingdom of God. It's about souls. Not all souls is going to go to that church down the street. But 
can we win them for the kingdom of God? And so when you have a different mindset to say, you know what, we're all going to serve, you know, we're all going to pray, we all want to see souls uh, better and healed and set free, then guess what? We're going to go to this community, and guess what? We're going to be on one accord, and we're going to win souls for Christ. We're going to win souls for the kingdom, and that's really our mindset when we uh, have other people volunteer. They may not be a Christian yet. But they respect God. They honor God. So we don't want to close doors of opportunity for those to come in and and hear a word. I always say you only have that one opportunity, that one chance to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. And they may not get it right then and there, but it was a seed planted. So I love working with others. I love working with different ministries because, one, it shows the, the world that the body of Christ is unified and that we can get along and that we have a purpose and that we see the great commission that Jesus Christ has left us instructions for, that we can do this, but we got to do it together. They should never see the the uh, uh, separate, separation of, of the body, within the body of Christ. We have to come together in unity and, and be able to uh, work the, the kingdom and uh, work for the kingdom and, and bring people to Christ and uh, allow their needs to be met. Um, you know, I had uh, certain mothers uh, today call me, hey, I got some hand sanitizers, you know, at CVS. Should I get the, you know, and they don't belong to our church, but they belong to the body of Christ. So when you look at it from a kingdom perspective, you don't shut anybody out. We got to work this. We got to work this because, you know, together, because God has commissioned us to be unified, a unified body. There's only one God. (laughs) There's one Father, one Son, one Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter what your denomination is or if you don't go to anybody's church. You know, today, certainly, I met so many young people that didn't go to anybody's church. They're sheep wandering. Okay. We need to go after those sheep. Yes, amen. That's, I love it. I love that. I love that. That is one of my favorite things that you did not know. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things about you that I love, just the, the, the openness of your heart to the people, the community, other ministries, just other organizations. And I, I think it really um, is a blessing the way that you're able to bring, you know, people together I absolutely to do outreach um, because all of that ends up being outreach even when you allow people to come and help out with things from the community that's outreach outreach to them as well because they are blessed by that and I, I know they are I've seen it I've seen you know the people blessed by you know being allowed to come in and help with something in the community so I just think that's so very important um, that, you know, not not condemning anybody, but I think that's definitely uh, something the, the church needs to tap into more uh, that I don't know that we do. Um, and I just wanted to, before I stop talking, remind anyone who, um, if you're listening online and you want to ask a question, you can dial 845-277-9384. And press the number one on your keyboard. If you're already listening on the line, 
you can press the number one on your iPad keyboard, but you guys know what I meant. Your phone, <laughs> your phone. Press the number one on your phone if you want to uh, make a comment or ask a question of our guest within the last few minutes that we have. Um, but yeah, that's that's just so so important. Okay, I'm being quiet now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> We are down, winding down our last seven minutes of the um, program. Um, again, if you pr- have any questions for our pastor, um, press the number one on your phone. But, Pastor, um, as we're winding down, um, would you like to give your contact information about, you know, about yourself? If anybody wanted to contact you, have any questions or concerns, um, how would they be able to contact you? And the show will put this in our event page. Our uh, Masterpiece Community Connection Ministries. We also have a Facebook handle name, which is Masterpiece Community Connection Ministries. We are on Instagram. Our location is at 5301 Hoffert Road, Baltimore, Maryland, 21214. We also are on Zoom at 10:15 a.m. We have our Zoom information, which is on our Facebook. We can get that to you. If you need to contact us by phone, it's 443-760-0910. We actually have um, a couple of events, if you don't mind me mentioning. On Saturday, August uh, 28th, we're going to be doing our back-to-school book bag giveaway along with voters registration at 5301 Hoffert Road, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, 21214, and that will begin at 11 a.m., so it's free. It is free. It is free. I know we don't understand what Baltimore City is going to do with our children in the school. However, they still need materials. They need supplies. And the reality is, is that some parents have lost their jobs. Thank God for the, those that have uh, continued to work through this pandemic, but there are some that have absolutely, this has affected them and their financial obligation to be able to take care of their children. We want to make sure that we're not just a church on the corner, but we're there to support our family in our community. So um, we are asking that you pass the information on if you are in need. Um, Come see us on this Saturday coming up at 11 o'clock, and we will be giving away, um, you know, free book bags with uh, uh, washable masks inside the book bag because, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep buying those masks, and if we can get our children to uh, be safe and have a practice social distancing, um, we want to make sure that we do that. Um, I just want to give a shout-out to, you know, really Jackie Addison today for uh, partnering up with me for the voters' registration. And then I met this uh, lovely young lady. Her, I don't remember her name, but she has a new place called Co- Cody's that's opening up on Bel Air Road. And so I just really appreciate the work that we have some heroes in our community that the light is not shining upon. Um, sometimes it's, it's gone unnoticed, but I just want to shine some light on those who are doing great, great work in that community. We need your strength. We need your ideas. We need your effort. We need you to continue to reach out to the young people um, because they don't know what direction to go. Um, And, you know, no one knows how this is going to end up. But if we can have solid uh, relationship and resources in our community to help the people not to give up the faith, 
but to stay in there, to hang in there, uh, that God is still with them. So um, that's that's what we're actually uh, doing so far, and I'm really, really uh, proud to to be a part of the movement of God. Amen, amen, amen. And I know the show's going to take care of all of that. And my last question, I had a couple more, but we've had a great hour of power. So I definitely appreciate you taking your time and coming on to our program this evening. What is the greatest thing that you're going to take, that you've taken away from the experience that the Lord gave you to have this documentary done on the heart of a servant? One of the greatest things that I've learned this time with the Lord for me is that I matter. You know, I really matter. Um, you know, sometimes you uh, look over your life and see all of the struggles, um, and then you wonder why, you know, God, you know, what is the struggle all about? And, um, you know, God just says your life matters. You know, I know that we had a lot of movement saying, you know, black lives matter, all lives matter, but my life mattered to God that he would even do a documentary. I, I know there could have been so many other people that could have been chosen that the film could have been, you know, the documentary could have been about, but I, I'm glad to have uh, a documentary that I could leave not only my son, but my grandchildren to see that, you know, um, that I, I've had a, a, my hand in something great in this world and that we care about people and that, you know, we wanted to make some changes and some improvement in the community. So I'm just happy to know that, you know, God would have chosen me and I'm very humbled and honored for that because it's only to God be the glory for my life that he, he has done so. That's what I take away, that I owe all that I've gone through, all the success, even at this documentary, I owe it all to God. Amen, amen, and there you have it. She said she owed it all to God. Um, we're, but we're, as we're closing our show, I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening to us and sharing Man in the Mirror with this great lady from Boston-born, Baltimore-bound. Um, Dr. Erica didn't know that she was going to be bound or, you know, bound in um, Baltimore. But, uh, you know, as she went through her life, she ended up in Baltimore. She started off in Boston, went to Philadelphia, and landed in Baltimore. So she didn't know she was Baltimore-bound. Pastor Erica is already a part of the Man and Mary family because she's been here Play, you know, several times. If you have any more questions or comments or need information, the information will be in our event page. And Pastor Stanley, we just, Michelle and I just want to thank you for taking the time and just coming on Man in the Mirror because we loved everything we talked about. You know, we love the documentary and we just enjoyed the time with you as always. And we can't, we can't wait to see the next project that you do because there will be another so we're all looking forward to that um do you have any closing remarks um pastor amen um i just wanted to really thank you kai and michelle for having 
um, me on as well as uh, Diana Eaton for the documentary. Such an awesome, awesome woman of God and great things are still coming ahead. She has a, um, a podcast that, you know, Freedom Podcast that she has started. Um, we have a singles ministry that's going to be uh, done on um, September 11th and it's called uh, A Table for One. So look for that um, through Zoom. And then we also have our marriage ministry, which is August uh, 28th um, at 7 o'clock. And that's also going to be through Zoom. And you can find it on our Facebook page. But we are excited. Um, we have also the Youth and Salvation Basics. So look for our page at um, uh, Masterpiece Community Connection Ministries. And we have a wealth of information. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here on this radio show, uh, Man in the Mirror. So thank you so much and continue to keep us in prayer. Amen. Amen. And this is Kai and Michelle. And and as always, we'll see you at the mirror. Come